This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, we started last week talking about love is always thankful. Always thankful. I'd like to give you, uh, you know, some new things to talk about here to, uh, this morning and just a little bit of a review also of some things we talked about that are very relevant to us and pertinent to our, our life. But a couple of thoughts this morning. Harriet Martineau was an atheist. One morning, she and a Christian friend stepped out into the glory. Well, what is an atheist? No believe in God? Well, anyhow, I thought this was very interesting. One morning, she and a Christian friend stepped out into the glories of a beautiful fall morning. As Harriet saw the brilliant sun peeking through the haze, the frost on the meadow, and the brightly colored leaves making their way lazily to the ground, she was filled with awe and burst forth with, I'm so thankful. I'm just so grateful for it all. And her believing friend asked, Grateful to whom, my dear? If you don't believe in God, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, who are you grateful to? So some people don't necessarily understand God, you know. They, they genuinely don't. And he's not visible to them, you know. And we were learning last week how there are certain things in our life that helps bring the invisible God into view. But uh, let's continue on. A precocious little four-year-old girl was brought to the emergency room with a severe cough. Even though she was coughing, the little girl would not stop talking. The nurse continued to try to get the little girl to quit talking as the doctor tried to complete the exam. The little girl simply would not stop talking. Finally, the doctor said, Shh, I have to listen to your heart to see if Barney is in there. The child looked at the doctor and calmly stated, I have Jesus in my heart. Barney is on my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) At least she knew where Jesus was at. I think that's fantastic. It really was. Last week, if you remember, as you were leaving, we gave each of you who wanted it uh, a bag with five kernels of corn in it to, um, to have at your Thanksgiving meal, to put five kernels of corn on everyone's plate as the pilgrims did uh, originally in their Thanksgiving feast, and to have your family members to tell five different things that they were thankful for. And we did that. We had 16 people in our home, including uh, little baby Dakota, so there were only 15 that were actually sharing but they, you know, we put five pieces of corn uh, on each of the plates, and we went around. It took a good while because, I mean, you know, by the time everybody said five things, but it and was And one person ate the kernels of corn. Yeah. They were hard, you know. But uh, it was it was. And awesome. it wasn't me. I'm no, sorry. It I wasn't. just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> it was your one and only son-in-law, right? That's right. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, but it was awesome just to hear what our family members had to be thankful for and to give them an opportunity to express it on Thanksgiving Day. So it was uh, a very, very great thing. Uh, and we used popcorn. That's what we gave y'all, uh, you know, last week. And I was telling Ronnie, I said, you know, popcorn is my... My, one of my favorite snacks, you know, so I'm going to allow that to remind me when I'm eating my popcorn, you know, that I just need to be thankful. You know, there's so many things that we have to be thankful and for. And maybe next Thanksgiving we'll put five pieces of popcorn, popcorn on the plate. Yeah. So as you tell us how to be thankful, you could eat it, you know. You That'd go. be an awesome idea, I think. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. And will magnify him. Remember, I pulled out my magnifying glass last week. <laughs> I think it's in there. Oh, there it is. My magnifying glass. You may have unplugged something. Oh, and my microphone. Well, they both magnify things. This magnifies visible. This here magnifies sound. Let me see. Can I put it back in here without turning up something? Your beard's kind of in the way, you know. 
You want me to trim my beard? Yes. <laughs> that was a quick answer, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, well, I, I do it every day for you. Yeah. And I go, is that better? <laughs> and I say, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, put my microphone back on air. That's the right way? No? It's upside down. I tell you, it, it's hard doing this with you, girl, you know? You just get, me all... get you all flustered, huh? Yes, okay. So anyhow, says, magnify. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him. I will magnify God. I will magnify God, which if you think about it, magnifying, it just brings, you know, things into closer view. You can see. And I think I had shared with you last week, I used to have a microscope. And a, a microscope, it, it causes the invisible to become visible. With a microscope, you can see things that are invisible to other people. Like there's a lot of people in this whole world, they don't see God. They don't see God on the move. They don't see God doing things here. They don't believe in God. But it says, magnify him. And then it tells us, where we can get a magnifying glass to bring God in view. And it says, magnify him. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. So as you begin to give thanks, it magnifies God. It brings him into view for you, and it brings him into view for other people who are observing you. So they can see God, and you can see God more clearly when we are giving thanks. And I think we all want God to come in view. We, we, we would love to see his miracles and his supernatural things taking place in our life, which he's promised us in his word. Okay. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 says in the Message Bible, I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. I'm whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. I'm singing your song, high God. And then Colossians 2, verse 7 says, Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. You remember last week, we had a, uh, a glass here, and if it was full, if it was full, it was easy to overflow. The one that wasn't full didn't really overflow very well at all. And remember, we, we talked about being tankful. When your tank is full, it's easy to overflow, you know. And so I challenge you, the things that we learned last week, let's remember to stay full, and let's remember to overflow because it does attract. It does attract the blessings of Almighty God. A thankful heart attracts the the uh, blessings, the miracle power, you know, the supernatural presence of Almighty God into our life, and it magnifies Him. Genuinely, it does. Benjamin Franklin said, "The center." Oh, excuse me, just a moment. Can you hang on for a second? Yeah, I can hang okay. on. It's different hanging on from up here than it is from down there. <laughs> this for is not, me? No. Oh. <laughs> you can have it after I'm done with it, okay? Good deal. Okay, I want you to read me. Benjamin Franklin said, the sentence which has most influenced my life is... Can you imagine that? One sentence that most influences your life. Benjamin Franklin, we all heard of him. We studied mm -hmm. him in school. Okay. Some persons grumble because God placed thorns among roses... Ouch. But why not thank God because he placed roses among thorns? That's a great perspective. Some people are very negative and they're very easy to complain and grumble and moan and all, you know. But you think about that, everybody could, their perspective could be, well, a guy has put these thorns on all these roses instead of, you know, all the thorns is out there. God put these beautiful, fragrant roses on those. It's a whole different perspective. 
Do you tend to go positive or do you tend to go negative? Thinking about it. But Benjamin Franklin said that was one of the most profound influencing sentences because you've got a couple of different ways of looking at everything that happens to you. So you can have the rose now. Right, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it for right now. Is that okay? Yep. Keep it alive. Yes, I'm going to put it in there. How about that? And then you can have it after the service, okay? Yep. All right. Psalm 50, verse 23 says, But giving thanks is a sacrifice. A that sacrifice. A sacrifice is really giving up something, you know, for, for, for something else of, of higher value. But he says, But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. It truly honors. And that word, their honor, you know, by giving thanks is a sacrifice that honors or it magnifies. That's what he's talking about there. The giving of thanks is a sacrifice, you know, for something of higher value. He says, it truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Hmm. It's, he says, if you keep to my path. And right here, hmm, the, 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 the path he's referring to here, to some degree, is the path of thankfulness. Is it easy for you to be thankful? Most of the time. <laughs> Listen to the response there. <laughs> They're saying, no, it's not. It's easier to complain. It's easier to be negative. It's easier to be suspicious. I saw you guys over there talking together. They were probably talking about me. <laughs> you know, I'm upset with you guys about you're in the corner. You know? <laughs> but see, there's a, it's just in, in, in us as humans, we have a tendency to be suspicious and all. But when we make the sacrifice and we choose to be positive, even when it would be easier to be negative, it magnifies God. It genuinely does. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 in the Message Bible simply says, cultivate thankfulness. Cultivate, we talked about it a little bit last week, like cultivating a garden. You got to cultivate thankfulness. And cultivating thankfulness, it is a choice. It is a choice to rejoice, to cultivate thankfulness. Because you're not going to be thankful. Your garden is not going to flourish and prosper unless you cultivate it, you know. If you just leave it to the weeds and the bugs and all, it's not going to do as well as it could if you really cultivate it. In that passage there in Colossians 3, it tells us, cultivate thankfulness. Cultivate that. That's what God wants us to do. That's for sure. Okay, let's, let's move on. Charles Barkley, a former NBA basketball star, said to his mother, who was upset with him because he had voted for George Bush in a previous presidential election. Charles, she said, George Bush is the rich people's president. Mom, he answered, we are the rich people. Sometimes we can forget the so much. We can forget we're the rich people. We can forget all the blessings that Almighty God has given us. We were reading this past week. I'd seen it before. There's a, a very, uh, you would know him if I tell you his name, but he's a multi-multi-billionaire, and he had been approached, and he had been asked, if you were to lose your eyesight, would you give all your billions of dollars to regain it? And he said the same thing. Yes. How many of y'all can see this morning? Mm -hmm. He said that ability to him was worth billions, not millions, but billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, when's the last time we just thank God for the ability to see, to see the colors and even see the snow this morning, to see your loved ones, you know? When's the last time you you know, magnified God, brought him into clearer view by just thanking him for eyesight, ah, for thanking him for the ability to hear, you know, for the ability to smell, for the ability to taste, for the ability to touch. You think about it, those gifts right there alone 
in some people's minds, is worth billions of dollars. Should we not become aware of how valuable something is that we have that we often just take for granted? Until we're threatened to lose it, then, you know, it, it, it's on our radar and all. But I thought that was very interesting. We, we sang a song last week about we got so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. But we tend, though we have so much, we tend to forget the so muches. Like this mama was saying, you shouldn't have voted for him. He's the rich people's president. You know, mama, we are the rich people, you know, and we can forget how blessed we really are. It's easy to do. Luke chapter 17. And as he entered into a certain village. And this is talking about Jesus. As Jesus entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Did you hear that? They stood what? Afar off. They were social distancing way back then. (laughs) This is not something new. But they stood afar off. You know, and they were considered... You know, unclean. And they would be crying out, you know, unclean, unclean, unclean. He said, well, why would they walk around calling out unclean? Because in those days, leprosy was horrendous. It was a terrible disease. Nowadays, and I've talked to people, and it just takes a few dollars to treat somebody with leprosy. And they can eradicate it, and they have in many places. But in them days, leprosy was disastrous. And it would eat away at your skin and your flesh. And you would lose fingers and lose pieces of ear and pieces of nose, pieces of your face, pieces of your body. But it was so highly contagious, you had to stay a stone's distance away. And if you got closer, they would actually throw stones at you. And they would actually try to kill you. If, because if you got too close to them and they could get it, What you had to do when you had leprosy, you had to move away from your family because you would would give it to them. You couldn't go to the market. You couldn't go to the synagogues and things like that because you were so highly contagious. It was devastating, and people would only live with other lepers. They have a little leper colony, you know, and there would somebody every once in a while come and not get too close to them. They'd bring them a, a basket or a box of food or something, and then they would leave and get out of the way, and then one of the lepers would come out and grab the basket of food and take it back to the colony. But you never could be with your, your, your children, with your spouse, with your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters, and, and it, it can happen at any age. It was a horrible, terrible disease, and uh, so they were standing at a distance, as Jesus entered into the area. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy. Please, would you cleanse us of this devastating disease? It was bad enough to have the disease, but you were pushed away from all healthy people, all human contact. And they said, oh, please, have mercy. Would you, would you please cleanse us? They was asking Jesus because they'd heard rumors about what Jesus was doing. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And, and you got to understand, in those days, uh, only once in a great while would anybody ever recover from leprosy. But the person who had to validate that was the priest. And the priest would examine you and see, and it's just like, Surely, leprosy is gone, 100%. You know, I mean, your fingers were, were missing, but the leprosy had ceased, and it was no longer destructive to you. And if the priest said, you're clean, you go back to your family. You, you're welcome to come and worship again. You could be in the market. But a priest had to validate the fact that you were cleansed. And Jesus had told these ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest. That's all he said. Just go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. All ten men were cleansed from leprosy. You know, 
Can you imagine that, you know? Well, there were some little pieces of finger missing and all, but no longer was it oozing. It was just like fresh skin had sealed over and covered it up, and, and, and the nose was no longer oozing, or pieces of the ear, or pieces of the chin, or, or whatever. The, the leprosy had been cleansed. No longer uh, was it destroying their, their, their flesh any longer. And it came to pass that as they went, they were all cleansed. And one of them... They were, they were all, all ten of these guys were cleansed at, on their way. It took faith for them to go, you know, and do what Jesus said. And Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And, and glorifying him brought him into view and his blessings into clear view it's just like you you cleanse me it's gone and, and and he went back and 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 was honoring and and praising Jesus because he could go back to his family now he could be around people once again let's read that again and one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was what? A Samaritan. A Samaritan. Have you ever read uh, in your Bible the stories about what we refer to as the Good Samaritan? Well, this is the Thankful Samaritan. Now, Samaritans were really looked down upon and criticized and really spoken bad about, you know, they were pretty much the scum of the earth in the Bible days. And here's the guy who was a Samaritan and he went back and fell down before Jesus and he worshipped him and he was so thankful, so thankful that Jesus had cleansed him of his leprosy. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Hmm. Jesus was surprised that he had cleansed ten people, but only one returned. You know, one returned to say, thank you. And, and, and I suspect in all my personal research, what percentage is that the return to say thank you? Ten percent. Ten percent out of ten? Nine out of ten, yeah. Yeah, nine out of ten did not say thank you. Only one out of ten said thank you. That's that's ten percent. And I suspect, pretty much suspect, in our population, there's about ten percent people who are thankful. And there's probably about ninety percent who don't bother in saying thank you to God for all the blessings that He pours out upon their lives. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. This Samaritan also. This Samaritan stranger, he returned to say, Thank you. He gave glory to God by saying thank you. That honors God. That brings God into view for you and for other people who are around you. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee what? Whole. So the other lepers were told, and you could probably get away with saying, well, Jesus told them to go see the priest. And they were going to do exactly what Jesus said. But the Samaritan saw that he was cleansed. He couldn't go and see the priest until he turned back and said, I just want to let you know, how much I appreciate what you did. I could go back to my family and all. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus was curious, well, where's all the other guys? Well, they're going to see the priest. And they were probably like, they probably sped up. I can't wait to get to the priest. I've been cleansed. And, and then I can go back home to my family. And I can associate with people again. And, but they didn't go back and say, thank you. But Jesus said to this man, what did he say? Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Arise, because he was worshiping. 
go, go on, take care of your business. He said, your faith. See, a man, a woman who has faith, it changes your life. Faith comes by hearing God's word. And Jesus says, it's not my faith. He said, it's your faith. You believe what I told you to do. Your faith has made you clean. He didn't say your faith has just made you clean. He says, your faith has made you what? Whole. So where there were some digits on the other lepers that had, you know, uh, recovered, they were cleansed, but they were still missing some digits off of their hand, but they, they were cleansed of leprosy. But this guy who returned to say thank you, he had all of his fingers, he had all of his ear, he had all of his nose. There was no more open sores on, on his body. His faith made him whole. The giving of thanks puts you in a realm of the supernatural. It genuinely brings God into view, brings him close to you. When you give thanks and you say thank you, it makes a difference in your life. Oh, the other lepers were blessed and they were cleansed, but this guy, he was made whole. And I would challenge each and every one of you, not just in the Thanksgiving season, but all the rest of the year, let us make sure that we are giving of things. Um, so you think about this. Ten lepers, they were cleansed. Only one returned to thank Jesus. He was made whole. It's pretty simple to understand that, you know. Think about this. Uh, children at a very young age are taught. What's those two words they're taught? Thank you. Thank you. Now you tell him thank you. Especially if it's his brother or sister or something. Like tell him thank you. Well, then you give it back if you can't say thank you. Thank you. Is there a lot of thankfulness in that? Not very much. It really isn't. So when people say thank you, is there always thankfulness when someone says thank you to you? No. I don't think it really is, you know. There's a lot of people who can say thank you, but they're still unthankful. There's no thankfulness in some thank yous, and even to God. So we need to understand that true thankfulness is more than just being polite. It's more than just having good manners and saying, well, thank you, you know. And sometimes that's what we, we're teaching good manners and we're teaching our children to be polite. You always say thank you. You hear it? I'm going to give you a good whooping if you don't say thank you. Thank you, you know. But there may not be any thankfulness in there. See, true thankfulness, it's an attitude. It's an attitude that you have. It's an attitude of your heart. And it's the attitude of gratitude. Gratitude. That's what that, you, you really like, like the Samaritan who went back and he was so grateful, so appreciative of what Jesus had done. And he was made whole because of that, you know. So much of the time when a person gets what they want, there's only about 90, 90% who don't say thank you. And that's about 10% who say thank you. The rest of the population fail to do so. They, they don't remember. They, they forget about it and so forth. <clears throat> there's a bumper sticker that says, I couldn't have done it without me. Oh, how many of y'all have that bumper sticker? I couldn't have done it without me. Oh, wow, what a powerful statement that is. Okay, can we go on. I've worked hard to get that job. I raised my kids to be good people. I studied. I, I, I. You want to get it again? I. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I've worked hard to get that job. I raised my kids to be good people. I studied for those grades. I earned that award. I earned that promotion. I earned that raise. Due to pride. You know, we just don't think to thank. Because I think I might have made that statement last week, is that thankful just means thankful. 
you're thinking about all that God has done. That Samaritan was thinking about what Jesus had done for him and how it was going to impact his life and his family. And because he was thankful, he was very thankful. And if we stopped and thought about where all the blessings that have come our way, where they actually came from, if we were thankful, a little bit more thankful, we would be, I believe, a lot more thankful, you know. But lots of times we just pat ourselves on the back and we forget the fact that it is God who does all the blessings. Let's read this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7b says, What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why boast as though you have accomplished something on your own? Because we really have not done anything. I can do all things through Christ who sentenced me. I can, but it's through Christ who sentenced me. And he tells us in James, what there's no good and perfect thing has ever come to us except it came from God. Right. And, and as we are thankful with the attitude of gratitude and really appreciate, it attracts. And I, I, this is biblically, you can find it so after the scriptures, it attracts like a magnet, the blessings of God. The same way a big old magnet will pull little metal filings out of a bunch of sand, the the thankfulness of our heart will attract the blessings of God to your life. When, when you're a complainer and just grumpy and grouchy, it does not attract. You miss out on so many blessings that you could have. Oh, there's still some that come your way, but there's a lot more that will be coming your way when we are thankful. That's just the truth of it. Psalm 10 verse 4 says, In his pride... The wicked does not seek him. Because of pride. What's the, 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 the letter that's in the middle of pride? I. I. Because of pride. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts. There in, is in what percentage is all? 100%. In all of his thoughts. In, all, in 100% of what this wicked person is thinking, it says... In all his thoughts... There is no room for God. Is there room for God in your thoughts? Is there room for God in all your thoughts? Is, is God included on your drive? Well, it, why would I want to be focusing on, my, on God just taking a drive down the road? Well, my son who called us this morning, he had some black eyes and turned around in a circle on an interstate. You know, and God protected him in the midst of that. But I think there's reason and, and cause because he's so good to us. We're, we're still seeing, we're still hearing, we're still smelling and tasting and feel. You know, there's just so much we should be thankful of and therefore thankful. But let's read that one more time. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. Don't seek. They just don't seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. In all. In a hundred percent of his thoughts, the wicked man, there's no, there's no room for God. Is there room for God in your thoughts? Think about that. And let's, if, if it isn't, it's like, well, we haven't really been thankful. Let's change that. Let's become very thankful and, and very thoughtful and, and very thankful to God for all the things He's doing in us. So, <clears throat> although we live in nice heated houses, how many of y'all have heat in your house? Mm-hmm. This is the time of year you need it, don't you? I mean, it's like, it's kind of nipping this morning out there. But when you think about it, it's nice to have heat in your house. It's nice to have air conditioning, you know, uh, in the summertime. And with all the delicious food... <laughs> And the foods that we eat are, we have foods that kings used years ago could not have. Now, they sent ships around the planet, and they harvested all kinds of vegetables and fruits and meats and things like that. And they were always coming to the king, and the king ate better than anybody in the land because he could afford to send these ships out. But... But it took ships a long time to get back. But now, when we think about it, 
You know, I just made myself a little list. I was saying, well, where's some coconuts? Bananas, papayas, kiwis, oranges, pineapples, mangoes, avocados, olives, strawberries, watermelons, blueberries, year-round. Has anybody eaten a fresh blueberry recently? Yes. Recently? You, you grow blueberries in your yard? <laughs> you do, and you ate them from your yard recently? Well, not recently. But you know what? That's fantastic. You either, well, he said fresh ones, so they weren't frozen. But you could have them frozen because we have this thing called a freezer. But they ship blueberries from other places where it's warm, where, where they're still growing. I mean, this is things that, you know, things that we can eat now that people could only dream about years ago. You can eat them. Uh, just in the season of the summertime when they were ripening your own yard, you know, because they didn't have freezers really way back in those days. But now you can eat them 12 months out of the year. You just got to buy them because they're shipped to the grocery stores. And all these things that are available to us, and tuna and salmon and, you know, swordfish and clams and oysters and lobsters and coffees and all kinds of teas, and uh, that's all available to us. But I venture to say... We often take it for granted. We got phenomenal transportation, international jets and airplanes. We have all kinds of wonderful cars and airplanes and trains and, and cruises that we can actually go on. And then there's computer. How many of you have a cell phone? It's the most hands we've ever had go up in at one time. No. But cell phones is a computer. It is a lot more advanced than the computers we used to have. Just the cell phone alone is. And we have so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. But sometimes all those blessings of our food and our heat. And I think about that. When we got up this morning, did we, Lord, I just, I thank you so much that we have a heater in our house. You know? Because sometimes we don't think about all these blessings that we have, and we often take them for granted. And, and the list is endless of all the blessings that come our, our way. Emerson said that if the stars came out only once a year, everybody would stay up all night to gaze at them. Hmm. We've seen the stars so often that we don't bother to look up at them anymore. In like manner, we've gone, grown so accustomed to our blessings, and quite frankly, we've become spoiled. We have. Has anybody here ever seen a shooting star? Yeah. How many have you seen? Bunches or just a few? But you can see shooting stars as much as you want to. We have this big old wool blanket. I think I'm using the sermon a time or two. We get together to us, or our grandkids that are with us, you know, or the whole family is with us. And this is a huge uh, wool blanket, and we lay it on the ground. We'll all kind of put our heads together, you know, like, kind of like a wagon wheel, and we just look up and at night. And if, once it gets past 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, there's a lot more shooting stars. There are. They're, they're really, I don't know why. But we see them, and we'll all be laying on that blanket together. Oh, did y'all see that one? I was looking this way. I, I didn't see that one. But before you know it, oh, I saw one. I saw it went across the whole sky. Or some of them are just little short ones and all. But they're phenomenal. But you know what? You've seen the stars one time. Stars are stars. You ever thank God for the stars? Oh, yeah. Is there any benefit? Do stars direct you? There's a big difference. This got two stars. Here, here's the handle over here, and here in the, the, the dipper part, these two stars are pointing. You know what it's pointing to? Yeah. The, North the North Star. You say, the North Star gives you direction. I enjoy seeing the North Star. And the North Star is not a big bright star you see up there. The North Star is very indistinct. It's just, it's not as big as most stars. It's just up there. But it's always 
is being pointed at by the cup on the Big Dipper. And it's like, that's always north. Every other star revolves around the North Star, but the North Star never moves. So when it's dark outside, and you can see the stars, like, that's north. Well, if that's north, that must be south. If that's north, that's, uh, this must be east. Sunrise in the east. So in the daytime, wherever the sun's rising, oh, that's east. Where it's setting, well, that's west. It gives us direction, and we have lots to learn. But as Susan was pointing out, some people, they don't bother. But if we only saw stars one night out of the 365, everybody would be able to watch them, would they not? Yes. really would, but we can see them almost any time we want to. You know, it's interesting. I was just reminded when you were saying that, that um, I have three brothers, and the one that's closest to me in age, he's two years older than me. And my brother Lenny and I both got glasses at the same time. And it was on Halloween. I think I was probably in the first grade, and he was probably in the third grade. And um, we're both very extremely nearsighted. We inherited that from my dad. And uh, when Lenny put on the glasses and, he, and we went out that night, he, he looked up at the sky and he said, what are those? He had never seen the stars before. And he was in the second grade, you know, but, or third grade, and he'd never seen the stars, mm -hmm. you know. So we need to be thankful. How many things, even right now, do we take for granted that we have accessible to us, but we just take for granted? And God brought them there for no other reason mm -hmm. than just to be a blessing to us. That's for sure. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Praise the Lord. I tell myself. Uh, sometimes self needs a good talking to. Mm -hmm. Does your self need a good talking to sometimes? Yeah. And, and you should do it. You be thankful and go, hmm, self, you ought not to be that way. You know, you ought to be more thankful and whatever it is. But that's a powerful statement there. Praise the Lord. I tell myself, I need to praise the Lord. And never forget the good things he does for me. Never forget the good things he does. Let me see. I'll be right back. Don't go away, okay? All right. And I don't want you to... Talk the whole time I'm gone. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <clears throat> it's so quiet out here, honey. <laughs> I should tell a joke or something, huh? He says here, praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does for me. Do you ever need to be reminded? Yes. Because yes. we forget stuff, do we not? We need reminding because we forget. Well, these things right here are little communion cups that we use here uh, a lot of times, especially during the pandemic. It was easy to use and do you remember what Jesus said when he instituted communion? He said, do this in remembrance. Don't forget. What he was saying is, don't forget. This is something you want to remember. And there's a little wafer, little wafer right here. And you, you pull the lid back and there's that wafer there. And then you take the wafer. And that represents Jesus' body. He was beaten terribly. His body was poked full of holes with spikes being driven in them, you know, and thorns being banged down on his head and his feet having uh, spikes in it. And then there was a sword or a spear that was pierced through his side, you know. And, and Jesus says, remember that. And then he says, he, he had the cup and we have a little cup of grape juice here. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, remember me. And, and why did Jesus allow his body to be beaten? Why did he allow himself to bleed, to totally bleed out? Why did he allow that? 
because he loves you. Because he forgiven you of your sins, he took your punishment. He took your pain. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, and you should do it a lot, remember me. That's what he said. Now, we're not going to have communion here this morning, although you might be going, oh. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to put them right here. We have some more communion in the back. So we're going to have some up here. We'll have some back there. And I really don't want you to have communion here. We have communion here in this building a lots of times and lots of people have thought and there are some clergy who think this is a terrible idea that you could have it at home. Well, Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. Oh, you can only remember Jesus, what, like maybe every once a month or something or another when people serve communion. You should be able to have communion in your home anytime you want to. You can get your own little grape juice, your own little piece of bread, you know, and you can be there at the table and with your family or just all alone. And he said, do it in remembrance of me. And we remember the sacrifice he made because he loved us so much to forgive us of our sins. So uh, you don't have to, but if you would like to, when you leave in a, uh, a few minutes, you can take one for yourself. Or if you've got some, several members of your family, take one for each one of your family if you want to have communion at home. Uh, is it okay to remember Jesus when you're in your home? Yes. Or maybe you go on a picnic somewhere. Is it okay to remember him there? Yes. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And some people think you have to have a clergy there, and that's just not biblical. You know, it really is not biblical. Jesus is doing it in remembrance of me. And sometimes we just need that little prod to help us to remember him. And and then we overflow with thanksgiving for him going to that cross and him suffering all that he went through just for me. Sometimes I need, I need to be reminded of that. And it's okay if, if you want to serve communion in your home every day. That, that's okay to remember him every day. You think God would be pleased if you remembered him every day? Yes. Oh, no, I can only do it. With clergy, and I only see him once a week or once a month, or I see him at Christmas and at Easter, you know, and I'll do it there. No. Remember him. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful because it just brings God into view. It genuinely does. Um, this is the time of the year when people start making their list. Yeah. Anybody here ever make a Christmas list? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we're on their Christmas list. <laughs> you make a Christmas list because of your family, some things you want to do for them. You make a list because we tend to forget. You know, overlook somebody or overlook something that you wanted to remember that was very important. So we make a Christmas list. And then we make a, a, a New Year's, we make a New Year's resolution and, and we make a list. You know, I'm not going to eat seconds this year. I'll just go directly to thirds, you know, or, or whatever it might be. It's hard to kind of keep that, but we make a list, you know, of, of things. And all kinds of lists, we need to stop and think about it. But I want to challenge you. There are some things that we should not overlook anymore. I want to challenge you to make a Thanksgiving list. And you don't have to wait till next Thanksgiving to do it. I mean, often, often, I mean, I, I know in our home, we do this quite often. I say, I want you have to be thankful for. And it can take five minutes, or it can take a half an hour, or it can take an hour. And it depends on how much time you have, but you, he's in your thoughts, and you, you just got so much to be thankful for, don't you? So much, so much, so much, so much to be thankful for. So I challenge you to make a Thanksgiving list and be thankful. Make your list and then go through your list because it reminds you because we forget. And thank God for all the things that he has done, you know. Uh, so we should be people who make a list. And I think to make a list daily is okay. What do you think? I do too. When we have shared with each other what we have to be thankful for, even if it's every day or every other day, has it benefited us? Yes, greatly. Promise you it will change your attitude. Promise you. It will change our perspective because sometimes we start focusing on some little negative thing that happened and we forget all these other wonderful things 
that happened to us. So make yourself a list and, and give thanks to Almighty God. And so along with this, I, I challenge you, daily make this list, and I challenge you to join Susan and I for the next seven days, and we'll reevaluate it next week. But for the next seven days, let's fast complaining. I'm not going to complain about it. And, and my mama used to say, well, if you don't have something good to say about somebody, what? Don't say Just it. don't say nothing. And it's okay if you're quiet for a day or two. You know, I'm <laughs> talking to you, and you're just like, it's okay. We, we need to practice that. We need to cultivate Thanksgiving. We genuinely do. And we were reading an article about another way to um, kind of broaden and be more specific in your Thanksgiving. And it was talking about how we can thank God for the different areas of our senses and uh, things that we are thankful for. And it gave the example of listing 10 things or 10 of your favorite sounds, things that you hear. You know, and, and I was thinking about it. Like I've always said, you know, I, I love the sound of, a, of water in a stream, you know, like a, a gurgling brook. I love that sound. I could sit and listen to a stream all day long and not move. I just love that sound. I love the sound of laughing children. You know, there's just nothing like it. And, and now that we have a, a new uh, baby in the family, I, I love it now that he is starting to make those cooing sounds and it, like he's trying to communicate. I love that. You know, I love the sound of a, a far off train whistle, which we, we hear often up on the mountain or at we, our house. We too. do. And we were surprised the first time. And now we, we hear it very often. Yeah. And the train whistle goes off. It's like, oh, wow. So, so nice. And we heard a rooster crowing this morning yeah. from the top of the mountain, and, and we hear that, and, and we're thankful that he's not in our yard, you know. <laughs> he's in a distant neighbor's yard. It gives it a nicer sound. Yeah. I think he was responding to the train or something or other. Yeah, so those are, you know, some things that you could just be thankful for, things that you enjoy seeing, you know, things that you enjoy tasting, food, you know, uh, different things like that. Um, and, and so that kind of broadens and helps us to be more specific and, and to just uh, make our Thanksgiving even more heartfelt. Have anybody ever smelled chocolate chip cookies cooking? Mm. You can be thankful for smells, can't you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you can be thankful for not having smells. You, you ever have a skunk in your yard and the dog gets after <laughs> some another? And it's just like... I'm thankful, you know. I don't have any skunks in my yard, but I never smell them anyhow, you know. Have you ever had the smell of a skunk in your, your yard? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, some people don't know this, but a dog didn't get it, and he didn't get tangled up with a car or something or other, but lots of times what you smell is not a skunk. It's an owl. Because owls love to eat skunks. But they get this odor all over them when they're eating their skunk, and they come and light up in your tree at nighttime, and you go, there's a skunk out there. I'm thankful I'm not an owl. I know, aren't you? <laughs> there's all kinds of things to be thankful for. That's just the truth of it. Well, you know, I'm thinking about it. We're here on page, just finished page six. You know, last week we had 17 pages of things that I thought was very important to share with you. And we got through, what, four or five of them last week? Yeah. You know, out of the 17 pages we had. And this week I've made a whole bunch more pages, you know. So we've got a whole bunch more pages we didn't get to. But I just want to challenge you to be on the lookout and become thankful and cultivate, as the Bible says, thankfulness. Cultivate that, you know, heart of gratitude. Cultivate it. Be thankful and think about it. And you can ask somebody, and sometimes it's like, wow, it stirs your own imagination when you ask a member of your family or a loved one or whoever it might be. It's like, well, what do you have to be thankful for? And they're sharing with you, inspires you. Wow, I, I'm thankful for a lot more things than I even thought I was because mm. it inspires you. But cultivate thanksgiving and let's really work it. I, I would hope that you would all join Susan and me in our fast this week. 
I just remember, remember back in the uh, office, I said, you know, there was something that I that came to my mind last night, and I couldn't remember what it was. I remember what it is now, okay. but I, I don't remember. But come back next week, and we'll tell you <laughs> when it was. I don't remember where we said it, but you were talking about um, how you can hear God's name more like sometimes in um, grocery stores or gas stations or things like that, you know, that people are actually taking his name in vain. They're not stopping and giving him thanks. What, what she's saying, when we had a little time off... Exactly. So that's, I don't remember what point you said that, but uh, we, there were a couple different situations, but one particular situation, he was helping, he and Judah were helping somebody get unstuck. It was a... In the sand, they a, were really stuck. In a in a van, and and the the guy, you know, said Jesus, you know, and Ronnie said, "No, I'm not Jesus. I've got a beard, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> but I know him really well." And so the guy, you know, carrying on the conversation, and he did it again, and John, and Ronnie said again, "Oh no, no, I'm not Jesus, but I do know him very well." And I'm here to help you, but I'm not Jesus because he kept saying it was, Jesus this and Jesus that. And, so, and then the, there was another whole different situation where the same thing happened. But I think it, it's probably caused those people to think about what they're saying. You know, it was kind of comical the way he did it, you know, and he was just doing it to kind of to get them to think, you know. Um, but it, it was pretty neat. But so if somebody says that, you can just tell them, hey, I'm not Jesus, but I do know him. And I'm one of his friends, you know. <laughs> So I'll put in a good word for you, you know, yeah. and you can do it right there. Lord bless us. Anyhow, I got this guy. There was a bunch of other trucks and vehicles around, and I'm the one who was able to get him out and stuck, you know, and that's why I think he thought I was Jesus or something <laughs> other, you know, uh, but it was, it's fun living for Jesus. It really is, and, and I think he loves it. He, he is honored when he goes, that's my boy down there, or that's my girl, you know. And I think he laughs at his kids. And we should give him reason to laugh and to smile because we love him so much. And we're so thankful for all he's done for us. So, is that it? Yep, we're done. We're done. No, we're not. I've got all these other wonderful things I was reading and studying about. Well, maybe we'll, we'll finish them up sometime soon or something or another. But what we would do want to do, we got another service, don't we? Uh, I just want to pray for you. And what I'd like to do is just, uh, you know, to reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And many of you know why I do that. I do that so people who are here for the first time or watching for the first time, they don't feel a little awkward doing it by themselves or having them walk an aisle. But as we reaffirm our faith in him, they feel very comfortable to declare their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. I'd ask you to pray it out loud with me and you guys who are watching from home. And then just a minute or, or so, once I'm done, if you would just pray for us all mm -hmm. for whatever is going on in our life and the lives of our loved ones. Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into my life. And I welcome Jesus into my life. Into every area of my life. Into every area of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for what you've done for me. Help me to cultivate thankfulness. Help me to cultivate thankfulness. And may your blessings be attracted to me. And may your blessings be attracted to me. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. When I have been unthankful. When I've been unthankful. I'm very sorry for the times I've complained. I'm very sorry for the times I've complained. But I want to overflow. But I want to overflow. With thankfulness. With thankfulness. That brings you into closer view. That brings you into closer view. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.